Welcome to the Heart to Kill podcast, the official podcast of the Heart to Kill program, the world's leading program for driven individuals looking to gain direction and momentum, where we aim to break down the complex, multifaceted and holistic factors of human performance and optimization. Both on the program and on this podcast, we will be discussing and excavating everything pertaining to psychological resilience, physical robustness, and leading by example with discipline and tenacity to create a culture of winning, especially in the turbulent, frenetic, and high tempo world of the ambitious individual. This is Mark, the creator, senior DS, and head coach of the Hartlepool program. Let's get stuck straight into it. So in today's episode, I wanted to talk about a phenomenon known as commission bias. Now, commission bias has been in the public eye, certainly in psychological spheres for, for some time. And I basically wanted to talk about what it actually means, how it turns up in the life of aspiring peak performers and ambitious individuals, and what it is we need to do in an effort to, to overcome it, okay? So as I begin to describe and explore the concept of commission bias, you may very well begin to understand, oh, fuck, like, <laughs> he's got me pegged, okay? This, this is not said to undermine to disrespect or discredit anybody. It's a very, very common phenomenon that we're observing not only in sort of innocuous conversations we're having on Instagram, but also in applicants to the program and some clients inside the program too. So by talking about it, I, I hope to raise awareness of it and help people start to connect the dots about where the challenge may be and how we may be able to start overcoming this again as one of the many uh, puzzles of, of high performance. So commission bias largely is defined in a very reductionist statement as the propensity to do rather than not do okay and it's ordinarily driven by a degree of insecurity believing that doing more will be better and we continue to want to do more even if it does not improve the outcome expedite the process but often sometimes it even makes things worse so if we think of analogies here if we think of situations if we think of scenarios where this is true and where we see it an awful lot if we were to give an individual a goal you know and, and they, they want to achieve something and then we would say right uh, we want you to draw a training program for that and this individual decides they're going to train three times per week okay fantastic because of commission bias because they're an ambitious person and it's relatively exclusive to ambitious people they then think oh well actually i could do a little bit more and before you know it there's there's an extra session like an ancillary session that's been added in one of the rest days and then fast forward a couple of weeks they still perceive that progress isn't being made at the uh, the appropriate rate of one day deemed to be acceptable so there's now another recovery session i will just do a recovery run just like three four miles if we allow that to continue again owing to commission bias within like a couple of months there's been such an accelerated rate of commission bias that before you know it this person's trained like three weeks and hasn't had a single day off and is then wondering why they're getting injured and they're not progressing their strength metrics and they're getting ill and they're not sleeping appropriately and why they're constantly tired and why no amount of fucking crack laced pre-workout will get them fired up and motivated for a session. So there's a very easy analogy from, from a training perspective. But we also see it in an educational and self-development space too. And what I mean by that is I've long been an advocate that if you find one good book and you were to read it 10 times across one year, you'd you'd extract, implement and, and benefit far more from that book than you would if you read 10 mediocre books or even 10 good books across the course of a year. But yet, when we we like sort of put that message out people still have this inherent um necessity to want to read more again owing to commission bias we want to do more and we perceive that more is better even though it's actually of detriment because i can't speak enough of how many people who have who have bought books that maybe have been spoken about on social media or even i've spoken about on social media and then you were to check in with them in three months oh, how's that book going and they either haven't started it got two chapters in and never went any further or have read it but haven't actually implemented any of the things that were learned in it and the last is really rare that someone's actually read it cover to cover so when we understand how commission bias are turning up in 
in our life, we can start to see how we oversubscribe ourselves. And therein lies the issue that oversubscription, that doing more is better. Because actually, when we cut to the core of it, it's a form of procrastination. And procrastination is a fucking buzzword at the moment. Every fucking cunt and his dog's talking about it. But I want to really, really, sorry, sorry, by the way, excuse my French. But um, I really, really want to cut to the core of it because it gets perilously close on social media to either excusing an individual for procrastinating or berating. And I actually want to talk about, well, this is why we do it. And therefore, education leads to awareness. Awareness can lead to acceptance. Acceptance can lead to then creating a strategy off the back of it. So when we understand that, that commission bias is what drives oversubscribing ourselves and that oversubscribing ourselves is procrastination, we can start to question, well, why do we do this? Well, I've long said that high performers, ambitious individuals and driven humans procrastinate in very, very different ways to people who do not fall under those categories. You know, some people have different values in life and that's okay. That The world requires all types of people to function and to turn. And we need people who value safety, security, stability, so on and so forth and fulfill roles that give them that in order for us to have the freedom, the autonomy to be enterprising and entrepreneurial and discover freedoms and do different things. And that's okay. That, that's part of human society. That's the way the world works. We cannot and should not attempt to change that. But understand that if you fall into that category, then you are going to procrastinate in a very, very different way. What I mean by that is you're aware of the inherent flaws of spending too much time on social media. You're aware of all of the most obvious and common types of procrastination, social media, avoidance, so on and so forth. And to an extent, you've probably made um, made something like an effort or started to, to curtail the propensity to do that. You know, a great many high performers that I speak to that, that are aspiring to join the program have already tried deleting Instagram from their phone or spending less time on social media or you know really refining and distilling how they spend their time to sort of eke out the best productivity they can with the tools they have available. But yet the reason why commission bias and, and subsequently oversubscription is so insidious and so dangerous to high performer is it because it feels credible. It feels like it ought to be good for us. It feels noble. Like if we're doing more, that that should be better. That oh, we're not just scrolling on social media. We were getting another training session in. Oh, we weren't like just, again, scrolling on social media. We were reading another book. Because this then starts to become infectious to all other areas of life. An individual who is, you know, training four times per week and making good progress decides they need to do another session. And, and then also somebody offers them the, the an entrance to a race in, in six weeks. And they jump on that opportunity. And then they, someone offers them an opportunity to go to a beginner's class in jiu-jitsu. And they jump on that opportunity. And before we know it, that individual who was consistently training to a very high standard with great intensity and was making uh, headway towards their goal is now enormously oversubscribed, borderline burnt out, exhausted, really starting to hit what we refer to as non-functional overreaching, which is the appropriate adage that we otherwise know as overtraining in layman's. They're, they're really non-functional overreaching, which means they're no longer seeing actual return on investment in their training. And in fact, their performance is actually starting to diminish from session to session. They're immune system starting to get suppressed so on and so forth and it's a really quite slippery slope that comes at an accelerated rate and leaves them someone just being a, a fucking broken human but they're in that state and then we have to ask well why so we know there's commission bias and we understand why that is because we have an inherent uh, inclination towards doing we know that commission bias leads us to oversubscribing okay and we know that oversubscribing is actually a form of procrastination well why are we procrastinating because it feels like it's viable credible like doing more should be better but actually we can go deeper than that again and understand that this individual is procrastinating because they dare not 
fail because they're protecting their ego because they go all in on just one thing leaves you vulnerable to failure. Let's paint the picture for a moment. Let's pretend that an individual aspires to run their first ever marathon, okay? And they've got a training program and they're lifting three times per week and they're running three times per week, which is probably pretty appropriate for most first-time marathon runners. But inherently, deep down, their ego is terrified because maybe they experienced emotional pain as a youngster. Maybe they weren't very good at something and that got identified or highlighted to them. Maybe they failed at something that didn't feel very nice in the moment. So now their ego has remembered that it is recalling those really uncomfortable physiological and emotional memories. And it remembers that if you put all your eggs in one basket and if you try really hard and you still fail, that's very emotionally challenging. That's very emotionally painful. And we can't really deal with that. We don't know how to facilitate that. So instead, well, we know that we can't say no because we're accountable to it. And we know we want to be a high, high performer. We know that certain forms of procrastination are inherently bad and we're going to avoid that. But actually, if we do lots of different activities, we can chalk it up as, yeah, I just like to get a lot of stuff done. I don't sit very well, I don't sit still very well. I, can't, I always like to be doing things. And even people in our immediate circle, people who are not of the same caliber, might even be impressed by how much we're doing. Might even pass comment about, mate, I don't know how you get it all done, which again, just massages that ego and makes it feel like it's all okay and we're doing the right thing. But actually we're spreading ourselves a mile wide and an inch thin because then we have an excuse. Because then if we don't finish the first marathon, if we don't hit our time goal, we can always say, well, yeah, no, yeah, I, I could have finished it, but I was also doing jujitsu and just learning that. And then I was also helping a mate out with this and I was doing those other things. Oh yeah, I, I could have done it, but I just, all we're doing is we're finding a way to shift the blame. We're finding a way to avoid the pain. And I don't blame anyone for this. I've done this in the past and I've observed myself doing it and I've caught myself and been aware of it, but it's because it feels viable because we get our ego massaged by people around us because it feels right and empowering to be doing so many different things when actually all it does is it exhausts us and it ensures that we will never be successful. Yes, it might guarantee that you won't ever experience that true emotional pain of trying really hard and not succeeding on first attempt, but it also ensures you will never succeed long-term full stop. Not in anything that's truly meaningful and worth fighting for at least. Like sure, there's, there's loads of fucking things that you can do, like run a 5K, 10K, whatever the fuck, all these small targets to you and you can, you can succeed at those. But the second you start to get challenged and the second you really start to feel pressure because it's truly outside your comfort zone, you will just oversubscribe yourself. You will just go back to commission bias and you will stretch yourself so thin that you have absolutely zero chance of being successful because you're not giving that task the level of respect, responsibility, time, energy, and emotion that it actually requires to be successful. So we've started at talking about commission bias and how actually we're oversubscribing ourselves. We've talked about how oversubscribing ourselves is a form of procrastination and that we're procrastinating because actually deep down inherently, we're afraid of failure. So although we started relatively surface level and we started looking at the psychological phenom, this is why we do it. And this is why it impacts and affects so many individuals. And we see it all the time. We see it because we study these problems and we have this degree of awareness because that is our role. Our role is not just to create logical solutions of here's a training plan with less training. Try saying no to this because you have to understand the root cause. You have to understand the psychological before you can begin to do battle with the logistical elements of these problems. And we are the best in the world. And I truly stand by that statement as a hill I'm willing to die on. We are the best at the world at working with peak performers because we've worked with so many already because of the way we lead our lives because of us coaching from a place of authenticity. We have awareness about when we've caught ourselves doing it and we've studied it and we understand how it manifests and we've mapped the territory. And now we can't give someone the answer. We can't tell them you're here, this is how you get to here, but we can give them the map and we can walk alongside them. We can give them course correction. We can give them bearings and we can hold them accountable to that when they start oversubscribing themselves once again. And again, I can't speak highly enough of how insidious it is and how widespread it is. People oversubscribe themselves and in proclaiming a degree of nobility that they're doing so many different things. And it typically tends to be, you know, people in their early 20s to sort of 30s and they come to us and like, oh, well, I'm doing this and I do this and I do this and I do this. Well, hold on. What's the priority here? Like if you weren't to tell me what 
your priority was, do you think I could glean your priority from just seeing your activities? And the answer is normally no. I look at it as that's a fucking mess. Your diet looks like a fucked up game of Tetris. Like your energy is absolutely depleted for a fucking reason. And this obviously correlates and this kind of matches in with many other problems of the aspirational high performer through previous podcasts that you listen to. This kind of marries in very neatly with many of those and rarely ever do they come in isolation. They kind of come uh, attached to other things as well and you have to work the sort of process as logically as you can. But yeah, we, we see this in an awful amount and we know like we have maps of the territory and we understand why someone might do it and also then to, as a result, how to communicate to someone who is doing it, how to solve the solution for someone who is doing it, how to offer insightful questions using Socratic ideologies to help someone understand, ah, fuck, okay, he understands that. He's pinged me there and this is what I need to do as a result of that and this is how I can overcome that moving forwards. So that is our perspective on oversubscription. Um, we, we do not kind of believe that it has an ability that, that one would proclaim that it has and actually it's a form of insidious procrastination to avoid the emotional and relatively challenging pain of failure. So in terms of now, how do we overcome that? Well, you know, I've spoken to our skill, to our experience and our authority in leading people to overcome this, but there's also some things that you can do in just listening to this podcast and largely it's about reframing failure. It's about doing the inner work. It's about going back and thinking of times where maybe you did experience emotional pain as a result of maybe feeling like you're inadequate or feeling like you weren't successful and really beginning to do the work on that and, and be, beginning to ask questions about whether or not what you formed as a belief system in that moment is actually true. So there's that element of it. And in doing so, again, you will reframe failure. Are you still reframing failure as something that is terminal? Do you perceive it opens you up to ridicule, to mock, to judgment? And are there people in your immediate circle and vicinity who are exacerbating that? People who make you feel like you can't try and fail without them taking the piss. I mean, banter is one thing and we all fucking love a little bit of it, but it can be enormously counterproductive when it stops being fucking funny for you. When you go home and you sit with it and you think, fucking hell, this is discouraging me. And not that you'd ever maybe say that to yourself out loud, but there are a great many individuals, once again, who reach out to work with us who feel like they can't talk about their dreams, hopes, aspirations, and plans because they would be sneered at. There would be a sideways glance. There would be a mocking comment. So those are the main two things that you can do is go back and think of when, when did I potentially form this belief system without becoming a psychotherapist yourself, but think of when that happened because for many, it's, it's typically quite obvious whether they grew up in a, in a very high pressure environment where they were always kind of only praised if they were good at sport and nothing was said if they were bad, then they didn't feel heard when they, when they weren't successful there. Or um, thinking of times in careers when you tried really hard, so on and so forth. It typically comes to people, if I'm honest, who have always been relatively talented, who have always got by and never really had to experience failure, who have a, a little bit of a taste of it and it becomes catastrophic because they haven't created the mental skills to deal with that and they haven't learned how to overcome adversity of that form. So actually leaning into more adversity and learning how to cope with that and learning how to reframe and learning how to build the mental coping skills and learning that failure is your teacher, not your undertaker is the way to overcome this. Realizing that you learn fuck all from success. You only learn when you're iterating and the only way to keep reiterating is to keep hitting roadblocks, limitations, failures, challenges and fail forwards as quickly as possible and make yourself part of an environment, make yourself part of a network and hold yourself accountable to a group think that has that mentality that we want to fail forwards and we always want to review and reflect. Well, how did it go? What was the opportunity? What points can we take forward? Let's reiterate and let's run the experiment again. And those are the things that you can be doing as we speak, even after listening to this podcast in an effort to move forwards and avoid oversubscription and procrastination as a subsequent result of that. So once again, um, we come to the end of another episode and I genuinely would like to express gratitude for all of you who have downloaded, listened to, shared, commented on the podcast so far. And um, the outreach has been anything beyond I, I, I could have ever uh, anticipated. For us, this is simply just about communicating at the level of thought, emotion, and, and I guess psychology 
psychology that's really required for peak performance and helping people to overcome the, the thought processes and the limitations and, and even the psychological and physiological elements that hold them back from becoming the greatest version of themselves. So I really want to take a moment to say thank you very much to every single one of you. So thank you very much for watching. I look forward to speaking to you again soon. Uh -huh.